Hey, welcome back to Liturgy and Lore. You are listening to the show that looks at the supernatural and the fringe from a reformed Christian worldview. If you've listened to the show before, you'll probably notice that this is Brother Evan and not Pastor Andy, but more on that in just a minute. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Like I had mentioned, this is Brother Evan. Uh, and not Pastor Andy, but we'll get to him in just a second here. This week is a little different for us. I was away for a little bit, and we did not get a chance to sit down in front of the microphones and record like we typically would, but we didn't want you guys to just have a dark week with no content or anything like that. We wanted to at least give you something to tune into on your Wednesday mornings. So we decided the best way that we could get around that would be to still provide you with a little something-something, a little treat, if you will, with today being the day after Halloween, and let you have a little story time with Pastor Andy. So today, there won't be any small talk between the two of us, or weird around the world, or anything like that. We'll just get right into a spooky true story with Pastor Andy, and uh, let him kind of put a bow on this uh, Halloween season. And uh, yeah, just a... uh, A fun fact, too, for all our listeners before I turn it over. Pastor Andy has no idea that I am even recording this intro right now. Uh, So, hey, bro, how's it going? (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) But uh, he was just expecting me to to edit it, clean up what uh, he had recorded and sent over to me. But I didn't want to let a week go by without saying hi to our wonderful listeners. And uh, I did want to give him a thank you for being willing to take the reins on this week and and fly solo and share his story and all that. So uh, thanks, Pastor Andy, for for doing that. And as always, thanks, Rob Lowe. Hey, guys, this is Pastor Andy. I am by myself today. Brother Evan is away on assignment, we could say. And so we still wanted to give you some comment for all of our our content for all of our... what, What can we call you guys? We'll call you the liturgists. All of our liturgists out there. We wanted to give you a little bit of content anyway, make sure you got your Wednesday fix. So we thought something fun that we could do. I've been uh, hinting quite a bit at a story where I think I've seen a demon, right? I've shared little bits and pieces here and there. Others may have said they saw a ghost if they were in the situation that I was in, but I think I saw a demon. So I think it'd be really fun to share that story with you today. And so, why don't you just uh, relax, this will be a shorter episode, and and hear my story. This will be coming out the day after Halloween, so maybe we'll get a little bit more mileage out of it. And so, buckle in, pull up a chair, whatever we want to say, I don't have a good pun, but it's story time with Pastor Andy. I do want to give you an upfront, I didn't write this down, I'm just telling you what I remember, just wanted to chat with you, make it, uh, you know, informal. And so if I circle back or, or whatever... We'll trust Evan to edit, Brother Evan to edit out all the craziness. Um, but if not, if we get there, we get there. All right, so this story takes place, I would say, around, oh, it would have been about 2002, 3, 4, somewhere in there. Let's call it 2003. My youth group, the youth group I was a part of, went on a missions trip to Costa Rica. And so while we were in Costa Rica, we were doing all kinds of things. So we did. The, the main way that we would minister the gospel was through a drama presentation. And so 
we went and trained in Garden Valley, Texas, I believe it was, and in the heat of the summer, we went down there for a while, we learned this drama, and it would go along to a a soundtrack that had the words of the drama in whatever language the country you were in. We were going to Costa Rica, so it was in Spanish. And so we learned this this drama, this skit, and we would go around to different regions of Costa Rica, and we would set up shop in the city, or wherever it was, in some small towns all over the place, and we would just pull out our speaker and a boombox, if you remember those from back in the day, hit play, and let it uh, let the tape roll while we acted it out. Usually we get a pretty good crowd. Then we did something called the net afterwards, afterwards, which was where somebody would get up and share their testimony and preach the gospel uh, over the microphone. And then at the end of that, we would all go out into the audience or whatever you want to call it, the to the park, and we would just talk to people and share the gospel with them. And we did see a lot of people get saved and there's things I would have done differently if I was running the organization or whatever, but I was, I'm not, and I wasn't then. Um, so it was a pretty good organization. I think we were doing good gospel proclaiming work. We were sharing the good news of Jesus. Now, there's this phenomenon out there for many people that when we leave the United States, when we get to other countries, there seems to be, and this is anecdotal, I don't really have good measurement for it, but I've heard this time and time again from different missionaries, either short-term or long-term, there seems to be an increase in the perceptive spiritual activity. Here's what I mean by perceptive, things we can see, right? I believe there's spiritual activity everywhere going on all the time, but the stuff that you can see, the quote-unquote supernatural or weird stuff. There's lots of reasons this may be, and we could talk about this in another episode, but hey, it's myself. I'm by myself. Brother Evan's not here to stop me, so we'll talk about it a little bit here. I think some of that is because, well, there's a few reasons. One, I don't think it makes a lot of sense in a materialistic, and remember when we say that our materialist world, we mean all that we see is all that there is. That's what people tend to believe in the United States, whether they say that or not, right? In the West, quote unquote. And so if I were the devil or a demon or a bad spiritual force, I don't think I would walk around announcing my presence in a place where everyone thinks I don't exist, right? I don't want people to think about deeper things than making money, pursuing pleasure, pursuing security. I don't want them to think about that. I want them to be selfish and to turn their back on God. If I start making a big show of things, I've actually convinced the world that there is something more or convinced that group of people there is something deeper than just themselves. And so I say all that to say, I think that's part of why in the West, we don't see all of this. Uh, There's that quote, I can't remember what movie it's from, but he says, the devil's greatest trick is convincing the world he didn't exist. I think that's what's going on in the West. But that's not necessarily true in these other parts of the world. In Latin America, there's a lot of spiritual worldviews still going on, right? There's a lot of spirit, spiritual, uh, spirituality and superstition and even lots of different types of folk religion going on in these parts of the world. So I think it's increased. I do think that there's also some kind of, uh, these are tend to be, if we're just looking at numbers, less reached places. There are less Christians. There are less gospel proclaiming churches. I think that means darkness has a hold in some of these places in a different way, right? So you're going to see some increased uh, activity of these evil spirits or whatever. So 
we would see some weird things while we were there. I can't remember a lot of them off the top of my head, but I remember them talking to us about pray over your room. Um, it's not a bad idea to pray for the hotel when you get there. And some of the other people in our group would say some weird things that they had seen. So that kind of brings us up to my story. We were in San Jose, which is the capital of Costa Rica, and it's a big city, a bustling city. This was probably uh, one of our more modern or first world kind of accommodations. But we were sleeping in this room and it was, let's see, there I think there were three kids, we were all high schoolers, and one chaperone in the room with us. And I was in the room, if I'm remembering right, with our chaperone, my cousin, and then uh, another friend of ours. And we'll call the friend, we'll say his name is Charlie. Okay, so Charlie is with us. And Charlie's a, a couple years younger. So, And my cousin and I are a little bit older. We're maybe 16, 15, and he was like 13. So that's a big deal when you're teenagers. It's not a big deal anymore, of course, when we're two years apart. But then it was. And you can think if you know any teenagers, a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, there's a world of maturity difference. So we go to the room the one night, and we're going to sleep. And uh, the TV turns on. Now, Charlie had been kind of messing with us all day, being the (laughs) annoying 13-year-old right? Just kind of bugging. And so we're tired. We're exhausted. We had a long day. I tell Charlie, I'm like, Charlie, will you knock it off? Like, stop playing with the TV. He said something. I didn't really listen because I'm tired. I'm trying to go to sleep. So I go to sleep. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep at this point. The TV turns on again. And I yell at him. I say, Charlie, knock it off. Like, we're all trying to sleep. And a couple other people, uh, the other guys in the room said something to him also. Go back to sleep. It happens a third time. I believe it was three. I might miss those details slightly. Anyway, after a couple times of this happening and me getting frustrated, I moved the the remote, right? I put it away from where we were so he would have to get up and get the remote. And then I went back to sleep. But this time I was like, he's going to try it again. I'm going to lay here and watch. I'm going to let him think I'm asleep and I'm going to watch for him. So the time goes on. I'm getting tired. It's getting harder to stay awake. And I see the TV go on again. And I see him crawling over to the corner to press the button of the TV. So I sit up and I said, aha, Charlie, I got you. I knew it was you. This is where it gets weird, right? Charlie sits up in his bed and he says, what are you talking about? It's not me. And he'd been saying this the whole time, but I just saw him crawl over and turn on the TV. We, I looked very quickly back at the TV and the same, we'll call it person, was crouched by the TV and disappeared. It was wild, right? So here, here's, let me kind of give you more detail on the experience. I saw a shadow go over. It was almost like the silhouette of a person. If you ever watch somebody in a really dark room, you can't really see them, but you can kind of see their outline, their figure. I saw the figure crawl over to the TV to turn it on. And I saw it crouch beside the TV. And when I said something to Charlie, Charlie sits up. I look back again. It's still crouched there. And then I'm a cigar smoker. I don't know if any of you guys are, but everybody's seen like a plume of smoke. Maybe it's a smoke bomb from uh, 4th of July or whatever. Have you ever like seen the, the smoke lingering and then you, th- you pass your hand through it and it kind of disperses? It, it poofs out. Well, that's what happened. That's how the only way I can describe how this thing disappeared. This little thing, little, looked human-shaped as best I could tell, just 
disappeared, dissipated as if it was a cloud of smoke and somebody had pushed their hand through it. So here's where I don't remember after this. I don't remember being particularly freaked out. I should have been, but we had been on this trip now for a couple days and we were kind of used to, and, and we were thinking in a way that was much more spiritual. And we were like, oh, I don't remember what we said about it, but I, I think I would remember if I had been particularly freaked out. I remember being like, that was weird. And we went back to sleep and I, I believe maybe our chaperone had prayed or something. And the next morning we found out that in one of the girls' rooms, there was issues happening. Stuff was like falling down, like knocking off the counter overnight and the electricity was going weird and and things were happening like that. Their lights were turning on or something like that. I don't remember the exact details, but I just remember us waking up and telling people at breakfast and them having similar situations. So we prayed over our room and it never happened again. Now, do I know for sure what it was? No, I don't. This was also in 2000, let's say 2003. It was 20 years ago. Could my memory have be messed up at this point? Of course it could. But I believe that day I saw a demon. I really do. I think I saw a demon that didn't like what we were doing and tried to stop us in the most, <laughs> a joke, in the most immature way he possibly could. He had the idea, I could come in here, screw around with these guys, and maybe I'll scare them. Or maybe he just thought, I'm, they're tired. I'm not going to let them get a good night's sleep. I'm going to make them stay awake. I don't know. I do know that it was somewhat effective. We were tired, but it wasn't that effective. And it opened my eyes to the spiritual world in a way I don't think I had believed, or maybe I would have believed cognitively before, but I had never experienced. So that's my story of seeing a demon. We did pray for the room and it never, never happened again. Um, one other thing I've thought of, what could this have been other than what I really think it was? Well, I think it could have been I was, maybe I was half asleep. You know, you have those days where you're, you're half asleep and you kind of don't know what's a dream and what's real. Except for the fact that other people in the room that saw the TV turn on. Now, they didn't see the demon or whatever it was, but I did. And, but they did see the TV turn on, so they had that happen. It doesn't account for the other rooms having this issue, so I don't think it was that. Then I started to think, maybe it's some kind of power surge. And honestly, if I were a super skeptical, I think this is probably the best bet. Is that the power was surging or something, and somehow that caused the TV to turn on, or the lights in other rooms. We are on old infrastructure in a poor country. At the time, San Jose probably had a very overloaded grid. And so maybe that's what it was. And it could be. It definitely could be. But it never happened again. It happened that one night multiple times and never happened again. The other thing I can think of is it was like a hoax. Somebody was picking on us and maybe Charlie was really good. But I just, again, don't think that's very likely because I tried to catch him. And he was a 13-year-old. What kind of elaborate hoax is he trying to play? So I've done some research and looked into some things afterwards. Not immediately, um, but you know, years after, and I found that that's often how demons are described as like shadow people. That's a, that's a real thing that I've even thought about doing an episode is on the shadow people. And maybe those are demons manifesting themselves that we do know that demons some seem to have some kind of physical form sometimes, but they also try to possess people. I don't know, but, and I also know from reading the gospels or not reading the gospel. Yeah. The gospels, but the whole Bible that demons can only do as much as God allows them to do. They have a leash, in other words. They can't just run amok and do whatever they want to me. They couldn't kill me, right? They couldn't do whatever God didn't allow them to, to do. 
And so I think that's part of why it seemed so juvenile and foolish is that God was protecting us. We had angels on our side. Yes, I really do believe all this stuff. And he kept us from uh, experiencing any more than just some TV getting turned on. That was the best they could do. So yeah, that's it. I don't have much else to say today. I'm sorry that we have this shorter episode. It's going to be about 15 minutes or so. But yeah, I'd love to share more stories like this. Here's my story. I shared it with you. I would love if any of you have stories of supernatural encounters, experiences, spiritual encounters and experiences, whatever you may want to share, conspiracy theory related to all of that works. Anything that you think would fit on our show, send us an email, liturgyandlore at gmail.com. Facebook message us, liturgyandlore. You can respond to the podcast. Just get in contact with us. We'd love to interview you. And if it makes sense, put your story on our show. Yeah, those are our socials. You can check us out at Liturgy and Lore wherever you go on social media. We've been a little slacking lately. Uh, like I said, we are tired and, and been busy. And so try to do a little bit better at that. Also, we'll have some announcements coming up about some ways you can help support the show. And other than that, we will, I guess, see you next week. And Brother Evan always gets to say this, so I'm a little excited because I'd never get to do it. Thanks, Rob Lowe.